back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Running the show solo today. Unfortunately, we couldn't get Dale on the show. He had a long day uh, traveling back from Baltimore all Monday. So, hey, uh, we, had to, we wanted to give him a break. I, on the other hand, you know, I wrote some stories up for you on the DK Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, DKPittsburghSports.com um, uh, about some of the things. And we're going to lead with, with a story that I wrote on uh, this Marlon Humphrey situation. We'll get into the Avery Williamson trade in the second segment. Trust me, I got stuff to talk about there. But top story of the day, Marlon Humphrey testing positive with, for COVID-19 with the Ravens. Report comes out Monday morning, and he tweets it himself. He tweets it himself. Marlon Humphrey said, like, I, you know, hey, I got the Rona. You know, I'm going to hope that everything work out, blah, blah, blah. The Ravens announced that, hey, it's an undisclosed player, just like the Steelers said it's undisclosed player. Like, well, it's pretty disclosed because Marlon Humphrey's out here tweeting it, his dog on self. Uh, but big thing here, of course, is how all this happened. Now, I know everyone's probably thinking, well, wait a minute. Did he test positive Monday morning? No. Technically, the test was issued before the game Sunday morning. Because the NFL made it mandatory that all players test on the day of the game. And they wanted, to, this was done so that, you know, there's quicker responses that if a player was positive during a game or if something happened the night before a game, that the NFL could react quickly to it. And in this case, they're able to now. Because Marlon Humphrey, um, you know, now that he's tested positive, the Ravens are got to be careful. They got to follow protocols. The Steelers do the same thing. And there's some concerns here because Marlon Humphrey is the Ravens' number one cornerback, which means he was their main guy in coverage all all, all game long. Uh, he tackled Juju Smith-Schuster three times. He tackled Eric Ebron once. He had a defensive pass interference play called, a, called while covering uh, uh, Chase Claypool. And he lined up against a lot of different people. So Humphrey, in this situation, that is a little alarming because you don't know who he could have passed it on to on a football field where you're not wearing masks and everyone's bumping into each other and tackling each other and all that other kind of stuff. So be on the lookout for that. That That's beyond anyone's control right there. But there's a few things where people, I do think, have legitimate complaints, and I've seen Steelers fans making this on social media. One, the Ravens did know that he had cold-like symptoms last Wednesday, which is why they sent him home from practice. But then he came back Thursday and Friday, and they said he was fine. But now people, of course, are going to ask, well, wait, was he actually fine? Now, as I understand it, you know, these these tests, you know, the, if, if someone tests positive, the NFL immediately steps in there and that, and that becomes a thing. So, I mean, technically, the Ravens didn't do anything wrong if Marlon Humphrey tested negative all through, you know, going into Sunday. And they had no reason to think that he actually was positive other than experiencing cold and flu-like symptoms which maybe you could say are his allergies, you could say a bunch of different things. Um, but of course, there's the conspiracy theory that maybe they they knew that he had it, or they, they knew there was a high chance of him having it, and they kind of didn't, you know, disclose it quickly. Now, I don't think that's it at all. I th- again, I'm, just, I'm saying what other people are talking about. I don't think that's the situation we're dealing with here. I think the situation we're talking about here is just COVID's tough to track. It's why it's spread throughout the world. It's not as easy to keep up with it, um, especially when you're dealing with athletes that are traveling and playing and practicing and all these other things. It's it's tough, especially when you're not isolated. And these guys can't isolate because they're going into work and bumping into 53 other guys all the time. 
not including their coaches and their trainers. So I'm, I'm not as big on that as, uh, as far as the conspiracy thought here. My biggest concern is, you know, how far this reaches. Because this is this is the main, this is what we all knew was going to come into this game. Now the Steelers have been fortunate that no other team has really gone through this with them. This is like the first real like threatening contact we've seen this season. But Marlon Humphrey testing positive could mean the Steelers have to watch out for things. Now Steelers are in very good hands with UPMC running the show. I, I think it, that you have you have to appreciate what they've done. They're a big reason UPMC also handles uh, pits pit football teams uh, testing and you know making sure they follow the protocols. And Pitt hasn't had. Uh, positive a, per, a player missed for a COVID test COVID test since week two of the college football season and again college players a little bit more difficult they're younger not getting paid more reasons for them to not necessarily follow all the protocols but um I will say that you know in this situation you gotta hope that Juju Smith-Schuster and Eric Ebron and those guys are able to go and we got to see, and remember, we got to wait and see for a few days to see when and if they test positive. Because if they, if they test positive right away, then at least they can start the protocoling and get that and get this out of the way, out, out of the way, and then see what happens. But if they test, if they test negative throughout the week and then they test positive like on Friday, that's a huge blow. Uh, even though, even with the Steelers getting ready to play the Cowboys, that's tough. But um, all in all. I think that the uh, I think that the Steelers have a really good chance that they're gonna be that they're gonna be all right here for the most part, simply because I think they're they're gonna take every precaution to make sure that it doesn't become an outbreak on their team and that it doesn't get passed around. Now, granted, in that locker room afterwards, everybody was dancing and hugging. If you haven't seen some of the videos, just just look them up on Instagram and in uh, Twitter. They were all over the place. So I mean, maybe that would be a super spreader moment if it was passed around then. But who knows? It might not be as bad. I mean, we, we the whole world froze when Stephon Gilmore tested positive, and then he was seen shaking hands with Patrick Mahomes um, after the game, and uh, nothing came of that. So maybe it's not that big a deal, but it certainly is something to watch. Before we go to our first break here, more news on that fr- on, on the injury front. Cam Hayward left the game injured. Like I said, Deion said that he was walking around fine on the sideline. It does look like it was just a cramp a, or a second cramp for the uh, um, for the for the Steelers there or for Cam Hayward and uh, new reports kind of came around that he was fine. Uh, Mike Mitchell, former team safe to former safety for the Steelers, said he texted Cam on tw- on Twitter. He counts that I texted Cam. He said he's fine and that means he's fine. Um, so that's good news there. Tyson Alulu, according to Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, uh, says that he's only going at most he'll miss two games. He has an MCL sprain. It is not considered to be serious. That's more good news for the Steelers about their defensive front. Two guys that they really can't afford to lose uh, to injury long term. Uh, of course, they're going up against the Cowboys, so you know it's uh, you know it's not super dire that everybody be healthy this week, but you do still need to field a football team and the majority of your starters so you can execute that game plan and be effective. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see who all can play this week for the Steelers. But there's your injury report and your update on the Marlon Humphrey situation. But there was a trade late Sunday night. And I'm going to get into all the details of that trade right after this.
back here on the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo today. We'll have Dale back on tomorrow, hopefully. But the big trade, of course, Sunday night was the Steelers getting inside linebacker Avery Williamson from the Jets, who are in fire sale mode. And they get him for a complete steal of a of, for running him half of the season. It's really what he is. Now, Avery Williamson, if you don't know him, former fifth-round pick from the 2017 NFL draft class. And he... Uh, he has become a starter and the leading tackler for the New York Jets defense. And he is a good run-stuffing linebacker. He plays downhill strong. He's 6'1", really thick. He can move, you know, about the tackle box. He's really physical. I've seen him get off blocks really well, and that's where they're really going to need him. And he's going to help in there. Now, he's very average against the pass. But the bottom line of this trade is, and also the Steelers... Again, they only they they gave up a fifth round pick uh, in the 2022 NFL draft. So that's two years down the line, not this upcoming draft, but 2022 NFL draft. In exchange, they got a seventh round pick. So essentially, they flipped they 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 flipped positions from a from the fifth to the seventh round to get a rental for this year. A pretty good deal on their part. And again, Williamson dirt cheap on the back end of his rookie deal of being a fifth round draft pick. But Williamson's not coming in to be a superstar. He's coming in to help stop the run. He's coming in to also spell Robert Spillane and maybe even take over the starting position from Robert Spillane, Robert Spillane. And I also don't think this is about saying, hey, Spillane, you stink, because he certainly hasn't stunk the last two games. He played more than adequate against the Titans. He had a huge, a huge hit on Henry in the hole. I thought he was more than adequate against the Ravens with recovering a fumble and, of course, the pick six and leading the team in tackles. But you did see in this Ravens game there were times where he was getting blocked and he wasn't able to get off his man and he was having problems there. That's where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is a problem. I also, looking at the All-22, it seemed like there was a couple times the Steelers were a little late getting set and figuring out what they were doing on the field. That might have something to do with implementing a lot in the week of Lamar Jackson. Because what I mean by that is, week to week in the NFL, the best NFL defenses and teams, they deploy new schemes and strategies every week based off of opponents that they see. Because the those coaches, they're studying, they study but you know before the season begins, but then as soon as the game's over, they're going to work and figuring out how they're going to game plan to face their next opponent and what kind of looks they need to put together and what kind of team they're about to face and what they need to prepare for, all that kind of stuff, right? So as they do that, there might be completely different looks you have to consider, uh, different you know checks that you have to put in, hot reads and adjustments and audibles that you got to call out, and that becomes a lot, especially when the game's moving extremely fast like it does in the NFL. So for a player like Robert Spillane making his second career start in the NFL and, and you know he again doing well, he might be a little bit lost in the sauce a couple times. There might be times where he's starting to conflate. Oh wait, what was this call? What was that call? Oh wait, that was last week. Ah. And as, as, as much as you might try to understand those things, there's sometimes it won't happen right away. And there's sometimes that mistake will be there. And when you look at the fact that he played 71 of 82 snaps, also it's ridiculous that he played 71 of 82 snaps and that there were 82 snaps compared to the Steelers' 53. But the defense of the Steelers was on the field for 82 plays. He played 71 of them. That's a lot of snaps for a guy to be calling the defense and adjusting all, all, all the time. Williamson... Even if he doesn't take the starting job off of Spillane right away. He won't play this week, by the way. He, they'll, they'll put him in protocol, and then uh, once he clears, he'll practice probably next week, and then we'll see how that goes. But again, 
Spillane getting simply even just splitting time with this guy. And Williams, again, he's a good run stuffer. A pro football focus rated him the fourth best run stuffing linebacker last year. Spelling these two is going to give Spillane a mental break and give him time to process on the sideline what's going on and a chance for him to get fresh legs. And at the same time, it also gives Williamson coming here, and he's going to have a chance to have fresh legs and process what's going on. And with him learning a whole new defense, that's going to take time. But these are all good things. These are all positive things. And it's a smart trade. It's a smart trade. You're not losing any of your precious cap space in the future years. You're not giving up a significant pick. And you're addressing the depth at a position that's hurt because of injuries. And it's double hurt because not only is Devin Bush out for the year, but Ulysses Gilbert missed this last game with a back injury. And he missed most of last season with a back injury. So people are worried, I guess, that this is going to be a long-term injury for him. And if it is, all you got is Robert Spillane and Vince Williams and Marcus Allen, really. So now Williamson comes in, and now you've got some answers. Now you got some guys you can say, okay, we can trust him and Vince in the middle to hold it down. And if, if, if we need to, we bring in Spillane again on occasion. Keep him fresh, let him stay focused, get certain matchups you prefer. But Williamson's a smarter linebacker when it comes to one-offs. I wouldn't say smart. I'd say he's more experienced and feels more comfortable moving about doing all the things he needs to do. And he makes play, play. He does make plays in coverage. He's just not a coverage specialist, I'd say. He's not going to be like Devin Bush was against running backs. But he is going to be a little bit quicker getting out into the flat. I think that's going to be a big help for what he does on the defense and what the, and what the Steelers do. Again, this is more so about helping out and spell it, get, you know, spelling Robert Spillane so that, that he's not he's not going to make those crucial mistakes in communication that sometimes he might if he's a little overloaded. Because, again, he's making his second career start, practice squad guy, all those things. But I think also it shows the aggressive manner of Kevin Colbert. He wants to make sure this team has a chance to win now. You know, the, the trade to get Minka last year. The trade to get um, the trade the trade this year to get Avery Williamson, making sure the Steelers got adequate prices for Antonio Brown, then using that ammunition to go get to move up in the draft and go get Devin Bush. When Kevin Colbert sees something, believe that he sees something, because he knows what he's doing, and I think he knows knows what he's doing here, and it was a smart move on his part to go get some help for Robert Spillane. Again, you keep the defense rested. You keep you keep that guy on the field. I think it's a really good spot on his part. So the again, Robert Spillane for a rental for simply swapping fifth and seventh round draft picks two years down the line. Not even this draft, but two years down the line. I'd say that's a very good trade on the part of Colbert. Even if Williamson turns out to be quite average with the Steelers and or not even good, you flipped late round picks. You took the shot. You didn't cost yourself really anything. Good on you, Kevin Colbert. And let's see what let's see what uh, Avery Williamson has in the tank for the Steelers to use on defense. We're gonna do one more break here. We come back. It's don't get me started. What got me started? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I get really fired up for this one. Not that I don't get fired up all the time, but this one, it really got to me. Find out what about after this.
Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started! Don't get me started with people still not giving the Steelers their props. I just can't believe it, y'all. This don't get me started, the rant segment of the DK Steelers podcast. Guys, it's still happening. I'm convinced it's going to keep happening every week until the end of time. The Steelers, y'all, you know the story. They're undefeated. They're 7-0. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. They've beaten everybody that's, that's came before them. Early on in the season when they were 4-0, People said, oh, well, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Well, then they did that by beating the 4-1 Cleveland Browns. Then when they beat the Browns, well, the Browns aren't a good team. The excuse was that, well, they don't count. Now they have to beat the undefeated Tennessee Titans in their house. Well, then they go in the road and beat the undefeated Titans in their house, who were 5-0. Well, then after they do that, no, well, no, 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 no. Well, the Titans aren't actually good. We're going to do this. They got to beat the Ravens, who... They've won the AFC North the past two years. Until they beat the Ravens, we can't give them any respect, said national media and everyone else out there that doesn't want to give the Steelers credit. And I was watching all the shows. I watched all the shows Friday evening. You know, Pitt had a weekend off, so I got to pay a little bit more attention to media covering the Steelers, you know, elsewhere other than us. And I saw all sorts of people coming down on the Steelers saying, you know what, they've had a nice little run, but now it's over because they're rare playing the Ravens and the Ravens are going to give it to them. And Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh and Calais Campbell and Marlon Humphrey, yada, 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 yada. I even saw an NFL Live on Friday. It was Mina Kimes and Marcus Spears and Ryan, Ryan Clark. And of course, Ryan Clark, the former Steeler, he picks the Steelers and both Mina Kimes and Marcus Spears are like, come on, Ryan, you're just doing that because you like them. And he's like, are you kidding me? No, I'm just telling you how it is. And he, and he told him how it was. And they, they both picked the Ravens. And he's like, I'm telling you what's going to happen. This team's going to play well. They're going to win again. And they were getting on him the week before for picking them over the Titans. And what happened? Steelers win in the Ravens' house. After the Ravens had a bye week. All the stars were aligned for the Ravens to win this game. Originally, you didn't have a bye week before you played the Steelers. Then you were gifted it. And the Steelers had their bye week moved several weeks early into the season. Didn't really, really get the bye week because during a bye week, you're supposed to rest. You're supposed, not supposed to be hitting. They were practicing all that week before but when they were originally supposed to play the Titans in week four because they thought they had a game. And then only th late Thursday are they told, hey, okay, your game's moved. So they really didn't get a bye week per se. They're still banged up this whole time. Ravens, they get their, their bye week, and they get it right before they play a crucial division game against the Steelers in Amity Bank Stadium. This was everything that you could have asked for, gift wrapped to you by the NFL, and the Steelers still beat you. And meanwhile, you know, John Harbaugh's still out here making excuses, saying, oh, Willie Sneed, he was hitting the head. Oh, Mika Fitzpatrick, he's... Shut up. I, I respect the heck out of the way that both the Harbaugh's can be coaches at times, but they are both such whiny little babies. Gets on my nerves. Jesus. And when Mike Tomlin has a dispute, you know, he just says it. He's just like, yeah, I didn't like that. And, and it moves on from it. 
You know, and when there's a legitimate beef, okay, different story. But when you're complaining about Minka Fitzpatrick simply playing the football, he's not even looking at, at Snead. He's going up to get the football, and Snead runs into him. And you want a penalty. Get the heck out of here. But that's not even where my rant's going here. My rant comes back to the Steelers did it. They beat the Ravens. And what happens? I turn on the shows Monday morning, and I'm keeping an eye on them as I'm watching them for all the COVID news because Marlon Humphrey tested positive and still played in this game. Uh, that's interesting. But I'm, I'm watching for how this whole thing plays out, and I'm seeing the same things. Yeah, you know, we still don't believe in the Steelers. Marcus Spears even said they're, the Steelers are the third best team in the AFC. He still puts the Ravens and the Chiefs above them. Now, the Chiefs are one thing. If you want to say Patrick Mahomes still runs the, runs the town, fine, go ahead. I ain't, I ain't arguing with you. I think he's a bad man. But if you're trying to say that the Ravens should be ranked above the Steelers, I'm sorry. that The Steelers just had every reason to lose that game and not be mad about it, and they went in there and gutted it out, and they took it from the Ravens. And people keep trying to say, oh, Lamar gave the game away. No, 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 no. The Steelers took it from him. Like a kindergartner came out. You just get your, get your butt out of here. Just took his lunch money. And now, of course, now the goalposts are moves again. Now the Steelers are still not that great. And now we're gonna keep all we're gonna do is keep hearing this until Thanksgiving. Because then they'll be the next three opponents, what? The the um they got the Cowboys this week, they spanked them. And, and really all they're doing is waiting for the Steelers to lose. Because if the Steelers beat the Cowboys, they get no credit. They beat the Bengals, they get no credit. They beat the Jaguars, they get no credit. And watch, they'll, they'll beat the Bills, and then they will get no credit. And then they come back, and if they sweep the Ravens, they still they'll still, oh, well, they still have to beat the Chiefs. And I'm just tired of it. It's like, if, if, you're a, if, you, if you grew up watching Looney Tunes, this is like when Bugs Bunny would trick Yosemite Sam. And he would he would like he would draw the line. He's like, I dare you to step over this line right here. And he would draw the line in the sand. And you say he's saying like, okay. And he steps over. It. He's like, all right, now step over this one. And he steps over the next one. He says, and this one, and this one. He does it for like five minutes until he get to a cliff. And he puts the line over the cliff. And he's like, and this one. And then you say he says, steps over it and falls over the cliff. But it's like it's you keep drawing new lines. It's like oh, the Steelers beat them. We gotta draw this one and that one. And then they just keep making excuses to not give the Steelers respect. And I don't get it. What did they do to you? Why don't you like them? I'm not even saying like them. Why don't you pay the respects that you pay to every other team? You don't have to like them. I don't care about like them. But why don't you pay your respects to them? Any other team goes on a win streak. Oh, and I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I watched. I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch. I, I set to record Skip and Shannon on, on Fox Sports 1. And I was able to keep I was I was I just wanted to fast forward and see how long it took them to get to the Steelers Ravens game which was unarguably the big the biggest ticket on, on on the NFL on Sunday no other game was the most watched no other game was drawing the attention from the entire country it's the greatest rivalry in football right now and everybody knows it it took them 55 minutes before they finally addressed the Steelers and the Ravens game. And I understand part of their shtick is also Skip's a Cowboys fan. And that's that's like their base. They get a ton of views. And that's how they've they've driven up their ratings. Is they just talk at, at nauseum about the Cowboys and LeBron. And you know and, and the Patriots. Or no, not the Patriots. Tom Brady. But they legitimately. And I, I, just, I, I just I fast forwarded through their show. They talked about the Cowboys for like 20 minutes. Then they talked about two attack of Iloa making his first start. Which he didn't even play that well in. Then they talked about Cam Newton losing to the Bills. Who cares? And only then did they talk about the Steelers and the Ravens. 
now Shannon Sharp did pay the Steelers respect, and he did he did all of them. And then while they were talking about the Cowboys later, uh, you know, Skip Bayless was like, you know, I I think that uh, uh you know Mike McCarthy, you know, he said that the, his defense started to show up there in that game, and Shannon Shannon was like, oh well, the Steelers defense, they'll show you what showing up is. And, and so I mean, at least there was that. But I mean, it was the same thing across the board. You know, Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, every everybody in all the networks. It's just like, uh, the only person I see someone do it is like Mark Schlereth. Or Brian Baldinger, like those guys. I see those guys, pay, pay, you know, you know, paying up and being like, you know what? Hey, they, they're proving people wrong right now. But it's like it doesn't matter. Every time they do something, they they're, they're told it. They have to do it better. They have to do it. They they, they, they have to do it. I, I, I'm serious. They're gonna go through this season. The Steelers could go 19 and 0 this season. Beat everybody in their schedule. They'll beat the Chiefs. They'll even set up a, an extra round of the playoffs. They'll make it so that they gotta beat. The Seahawks and the Packers and the Buccaneers and the Saints. And they'll beat all of them. And the Steelers will be 33 and 0. And then at the end of the season, we're like, well, they didn't beat the 78 Steelers, the 72 Dolphins, and the 85 Bears and the 89 Niners. So because they didn't do that, we still don't know if this is actually a good team. Come on! They're a great team right now. Yes, things could change, but right now they are playing great football. And it's just undeniable. Why? What, what? What is the argument here? Going into Monday Night Football, and it will be the same case afterwards because the Buccaneers are already ranked as the number two offense in the league. The Steelers are the number five offense and score, number five in scoring in the league right now. They're averaging over thirty points per game. My keys just fell. I'm so I'm just so tired of this. The defense. Also, ranked fifth in the NFL in scores and points allowed. They're allowing twenty, a little over 20 points per game. What are you looking at? I'm sorry, wait. No, I got that wrong. They're ranked sixth. I apologize. I miscounted. I forgot to resort my, my, my little spreadsheet here. They're, they're ranked sixth. That's a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And you mean to tell me that they're not, you don't think that they're good enough to... To, to be respected this year? Come, come, what are you saying here? Get out of here. Who's paying you? It certainly seems like it's other... T- uh, is ESPN paying these people? I don't understand. But hey, maybe it's just me, man. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one who's crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Steelers don't deserve respect. I mean, maybe I, maybe that's what our, our new rule is. Whenever a team goes 7-0, we just keep saying who they haven't played yet. That's the, that's the new rule. New rule, every every time a team goes 7-0 in all sports for the rest of time, it, you, you got to question who they play. You know, okay, the Steelers, well, you know what? They haven't played the Dodgers yet. They haven't played the Lakers. You know, the LeBron's never played the Steelers, guys. I'm just so tired of it. You feel me? And y'all know that that's what got me started. Huh. Jeez. Thanks for listening to the DK Steelers podcast as we got for you today. Uh, be sure to tune in. We got a lot of stuff. DK's daily shot. We've got all sorts of stuff going on. You can listen to me on the final word talking about this game with Albie Oxenrider, Tim Benz, and Mark Madden all on the show on on WPXI. But we made that a podcast right here for you to listen on the DK Sports Network, our sports uh, podcast network. Keep tuning in all week. We got great shows lined up. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow, right here in your ear, giving you more Steelers content. <laughs>